Here we are at Aspie Girl Gab. I believe this is episode 11. Yep, it is. Because I think, yeah, I think you soloed episode 10. Yeah. I think, you, I think you soloed episode 8, 9, and 10. Or maybe just 9, 10. I don't know. But um, this is, um, yesterday was lighted up blue. We are now in Autism Awareness Month of April. So hope everybody has their blue light bulbs on their house. Um, I gotta remember, I have ours in, I just have to remember, since we are temporarily in an apartment, I gotta remember to turn it on. Um, uh, because it's not like a house light, it's just the back, uh, we have like a, we're on the second floor, so we have a, uh, patio, porch, whatever you want to call it, balcony. So we have the blue light bulb up. I just have to remember to click it on, um, when the sun goes down. So, um... But yeah, so here we are. I'm back. Sometimes I, you know, take some time off. I, I do have um, another kid that, um, you know, both are on the spectrum. And um, that would be the oldest, Rain. So, you know, if you've been, you know, if you've been listening to us for a while already, you know um, that Rain suffers from complex PTSD from early childhood trauma on top of an autism brain so you know we have you know we have um issues with that and so you know and it's just been my parents down in Florida are about ready to sell their house uh where Fox is temporarily living um so it's just been crazy um they're gonna be moving up kind of to this area and I've just been exhausted so um so Fox is, you know, taking the reins when need when need be and pop an episode out there. So this is, uh, yeah, so we, Fox, we're on um, Autism Awareness Month, but as usual, um, and I know it's been a while since we've chatted, and listeners, if you've been listening to every single episode, you know that uh, Fox just had her braces taken off not that long ago, so she's in a retainer. And has the nice lisp that goes along with it. And I had to do that too. Until you can take it off in the day and just wear it at bedtime. So with that, because we always ask, you know, what's been up with you? Why don't you start off with the retainer? Because I was just really curious when, like, how long do you have to wear it all the time? And then when do you get to switch to wearing it at bedtime? Well, when I first got my braces off and I got the retainers... They said about approximately six months was the estimation, um, but I'm still going to yeah. be, like, this coming Tuesday is actually when I get a check. Not only do they check your retainers, but they also check your teeth to kind of make sure that they're kind of strong enough for, you know, the retainers to only be worn at night. Um, okay. So, yeah, it's not that long. I mean, the difficult part is... <laughs> trying to keep them clean it's a bit harder than the braces but that's because well they didn't explain it very well to me but that's okay I'll just ask them you know how I can clean them much more better and <laughs> and basically you know move on from there afterwards it might just become a bit of a breeze uh yeah I know 
Um, cause I know at night or in the day, you know, cause I mean, when you're wearing it all the time, you just basically take it out, brush your teeth and brush your retainer, you know, just give it a good brush and then rinse it under warm water. Um, but when you're wearing it only in the day and you can take it off or you're wearing it at night and take it off in the day, we had, I don't know what they do now, but we had these little containers and we would buy the denture cleaner. Um, what people would use to clean dentures and you put it in, it's, it's warm water and then you drop a tablet in. It's almost like a, a little, it's like a, a, a tablet that melts. You throw it in there and let it soak yep. with the retainer and it cleans it. Yeah, yeah, there are retainer cleaners out there. However, it depends on what type of retainer you have. Like, oh. you know, like material. The, yeah. Like the one my auntie has, um, uh-huh. Like, hers is, like, almost, it almost looks like Invisalign, um, but, you know, it's, you know, like, a bit more plastic and such. Me, I have a Holly retainer, which is okay. part wire and part acrylic, and it is removable. So yes. So, mines are actually, require a bit more of a different cleaning procedure. Um, I do use dish soap, that's safe for it. So... I'm wondering because uh, on my bottom teeth, because I don't know, I was told once my wisdom teeth were, oh, that's probably why she wears, still wears her retainer. Um, I was told once my wisdom teeth came out, I didn't have to wear the retainer anymore. Again, this was like a million years ago, so it may have changed, but um, I had a bottom molar taken out. And some of my bottom teeth, not a lot, but some of, some of my bottom teeth on that left kind of shifted a little bit. So that's something when I go into the dentist, I'm going to ask, you know, how does that work? You know, do I get a bottom retainer now to kind of shift those teeth back? Or it's like a Vin Invisalign, I think, where it kind of slowly moves them back a little bit because it's nothing big. But, you know, should I stopped of wearing, should I have not stopped wearing it? I was told once my wisdom teeth were out, so who knows. But since they pulled that molar in the back, they've been shifting a little bit. So, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to mess up my bite. But anyway. Um, okay, so cool. So six months, yeah, that's not bad. It goes by pretty fast, actually. Um, I honestly don't remember how long I had to wear mine in the day. Um, but anyway, so what, what else has been up? I haven't heard much on the guitar lessons. Oh yeah, How's I that think going? I'm about to be tested this week. I'm going to move to the fourth level, which I think is Allegro. Awesome. I think I got to look up the musical ladder system again. Cool. Yeah, my painting's been going well as well. Yeah, I've been seeing your paintings. Um, if, um, if you don't mind... Because you've posted, you've given me a couple of them. I can post those on our yeah. Facebook page. And kind of show the listeners what you've been doing. Um, for those that don't, you know, and I, I, I always, um, and I'll make sure when I post this, um, I'll post your Instagram handle again. And uh, people can yeah, follow I'm, you over I'm, there on Instagram. Yeah, my, and my yeah. profile on there is public so everybody can see it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you just got to watch out for the crazies and the wackos. Yeah, and that's what I do them. whenever I get somebody literally talking nonsense. Like, oh, oh, let me help you. I feel drawn to you. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to block you. 
<laughs> okay, creep. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Um, anything else going on down there? I mean, it's it's been crazy trying to... Because you're still down there, so everybody knows. You had stayed, finished the last of your school, and you had braces on. So we didn't want to move you while all that was going on. So you stayed to finish all that stuff. And now that your braces are off, we figured you'd stay because they're going to be selling the house. You know, it's it's going to be very soon that everything's going to be moved. Um, it's going to happen fast. When it does happen, it's going to happen fast. You know, everything happens all at once. Um, if they end up renting and coming up or if they, um, if we do find something first, um, you know, when they're ready to put, when they're ready to actually put it on the market. Because as soon as they put it on the market, it's going to sell like the first yeah. day. I mean, the housing market is nuts right now. So that's why, you know, everything's getting ready. Um, Got to get everything packed up. Just get yeah, everything. I've seen um, Auntie um, basically. Yeah. Like, she's got a, a buttload of boxes in her room. Yeah. Yeah. She's getting ready to. I don't know where she's going. I That'll be know. something she we'll talk about. really told me anything, so. Yeah. Talking about Louisiana, you know, maybe Louisiana oh, I or... Mean, um, I have nothing against Louisiana, but during hurricane season, it can be awful. <laughs> yeah. Well, where do you live right now? Well, <laughs> I mean, I mean, come on. You're in hurricane season. I mean, you're in the hurricane yeah, alley well, down there. Yeah, I basically grew up with it, and basically it's not as bad yep. here as it is in Louisiana. Well, you know... It really didn't get bad in Louisiana until Katrina hit. I mean, really, it was, it just depends, you know, it, it, it was just a real stream of bad years. I mean, because we had, when you were four, we had, um, God, 2000, uh, no, you were two. Rain was four. It was in 2004 and we had, it was the year we had Hurricane, um, Hurricane Charlie that moved through. That was a cat four, and we had to go to the high school, and it was bad. But um, we got like four or five hurricanes. We got hit by four, I think, that season. It was crazy. Um, and then I think Katrina was in 05, if I'm right. God, I don't even remember. That's horrible. But it just, you know, I mean, anywhere you go, you're going to get weather issues. I'm up here in the frozen tundra. Um, it's not going to be as bad down where we're all planning to move because up here it's a lot of farmland. It's flat. So it's and windy as heck. there's a buttload you know? of corn and soybeans. I should know when we visited <laughs> for... Yes. That's why I said farmland. For my siblings, 21st, that I saw a buttload. Yep. And I remember last time before going up there, like, my siblings, like, you're going to see a lot of corn. Like, they... Yeah, like they weren't lying. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's as bad down uh, south, uh, outside of where we're gonna be uh, situated. I don't think it's as bad there with farmland as it is up here. Um, but it is frozen tundra. Like I'm on Lake Erie, um, just south. You know, I'm up here in Toledo, just south of Detroit, and. Uh, frozen tundra it was literally like it's still like sock hat weather right now and we're in the beginning of april so but yeah but anyway so it is autism awareness month 
and I don't know. It's everything autism. Um, and again, we do this Aspie Girl Gab. It's, you know, you guys were diagnosed. You were diagnosed at eight. Um, and Rain was 11 after you got diagnosed. I'm like, hmm, there's something going on here. Because obviously, you know, in one of our episodes, we talk about, you know, girls completely being just presenting different with you know, how the autism brain is in girls is is compared to boys. We've, you know, we have a whole episode on that. Oh, also, so, um, you know, yeah. when I was watching, you know, YouTube and such, speaking of autism, mm-hmm. there's actually this one YouTuber dude who made this theory, mm. you know, Spongebob, right? Well, it turns out... <laughs> Turns I out love they SpongeBob. actually come up with a theory that SpongeBob could be on the spectrum himself, and he actually made a list of some of the signs of autism that he has. Like, first of all, he sometimes takes things literally, like the strike episode. He's yep. like board by board, and when SpongeBob hears those words, he literally, you know, tears down the place he works at, um, and and he actually. You know, another sign, which I read somewhere, um, mm-hmm. is that those on the spectrum also, you know, take great passion in something that they absolutely love. Like, for Spongebob, it's oh, yeah. fry cooking, yep. and Wonder, for me, like, it's painting. Like, yep. when you find, like, the thing you feel like you are meant to do, then you're, you grow that passion, that burning mm-hmm. passion. And... He also listed the other signs, which I'm forgetting right now, but still, like, it's actually a pretty good theory. That is interesting. As we're, as you're chatting, I've got to look that up because uh, I don't know. I have never, ever, ever, because I loved Spongebob. We used to, I used to watch it with you guys um, all the time. I'm surprised it's still running. And, oh yeah, um... I don't... Are there new episodes Yeah, there's still... I'm wondering. I, th- I think so. I gotta look it up. Like, it's still... Like, the only thing going on on the channel they're premiering on right now is Spongebob and, of course, that other series. Like, those are the only two they show all day long. But... Oh, yeah. I know. That's weird. I don't know yeah, what's up with that. Yeah, but still, I... Th- oh. Yeah, but I think <laughs> I remember seeing somewhere... Now, I don't remember completely, but... Uh, the guy added to the theory that once somewhere, the voice actor somewhere, I think, like, I don't know if this was true or not, but he said from one of the sources he gathered is that the voice actor said Spongebob is a little autistic, so I guess, sort of. Well, he, this, yeah. Um... I mean, he does pretty much show it throughout the series sometimes. Well, here's one. Um, it's actually on a forum called Bikini Bottom. I don't know if this is like a SpongeBob SquarePants chat forum. It's kind of interesting, but it was it was back in May of fourteen by Baby Smitty. Um, but it says uh, so. Something that's been tossed around on the site before is a quote from Tom Kenny. Saying that Spongebob, I don't know He's who Tom Kenny is. He's the voice actor. 
Oh, okay. So Tom Kenny saying SpongeBob is a little yeah, bit Tom, autistic. Yeah, Tom Kenny. Uh, he was SpongeBob. saying that apparently. Yeah, he was saying that apparently in response to to discovering that for whatever reason, something about his character is inherently appealing to those on the spectrum. Um, if you dig a little deeper than that, it's actually kind of interesting. Not in the creepy conspiracy sense, but because the idea of SpongeBob being on the spectrum is surprisingly plausible, and it seems to fit perfectly with everything that's been established about his character. SpongeBob is uh, basically a walking... D the DSMMV textbook is a list of traits for high-functioning autism slash Asperger's syndrome. Uh, the first one is can't read social cues. Okay. Um, that's pro probably the most obvious, he says. Spongebob can't read social cues yeah, very well. Yeah, because when, you know when Squidward uh, just, he's like, leave me alone, you yes. particle head. And yeah. we could tell that, he, it's, like, no matter what, Spongebob is always being lovable towards Squidward. Yeah, see, it's hard to, it, he says it's hard for the guy to know when he's bothering someone. And he's not very good at reading the emotions of others. A lot of the comedy from the show derives from the fact that he doesn't know that he's annoying. <laughs> um, number two was meltdowns. Uh, not necessarily a requirement for diagnosis, but is very co uh, a common trait uh, with autistic people to have meltdowns over relatively minor things and to not handle their own emotions well. So let's see, what well, does he say? SpongeBob freaks out over fairly petty things. Well, I think one once um, I think in one yeah. episode he started to cry when his spatula broke in one episode, I think. Oh my god, but that was this, yeah, because that's his baby. Exactly. Didn't he carry that thing everywhere? Yeah, he keeps that on him. Um Yeah, takes things very literally. You've said that one. Um yeah, sarcasm doesn't understand yeah, expressions and sarcasm. Um, so do you, it says, do you remember when him and Squidward went on strike? Yeah, it was in that one episode. And Squidward, yeah. And yeah. Squidward said, dismantle <laughs> oppression board by board. Oh, that, that's <laughs> and then right. And literally dismantles the, like, the Krusty Krab board by board. Literally. Board by board. <laughs> Oh, and then the special interests that you're talking about? Yeah, like, um, you know, like a passion, you know, like for perhaps a future career, mm -hmm. like Spongebob with his fry cooking. Yep, yep. He's a workaholic. He's the happiest workaholic ever shown on television. <laughs> um, sarcasm blind, like blind to sarcasm, sarcastic, like understanding, having trouble understanding sarcasm and taking it seriously basically uh let's see for instance in the episode employee of the month when spongebob thinks that annoy squidward day refers to a date on his calendar rather than him annoying squidward at a particular time so that's so funny um yeah so interesting i think it's pretty interesting um so what, you know, this is, we're talking about, you know, Autism Awareness Month. I'm trying to, um, I think that started, let me see how that started. You know, I've um, always had a feeling that, you know, after listening to that theory, it made sense for SpongeBob, but 
I never heard anybody talk about Patrick, though. I mean, I don't know about Patrick, though. Patrick is just a goofball. And, and that's um, why I absolutely love that character. He is. Yeah, yeah. He just um he just plays off of SpongeBob really well. Um he's just a goofball. He he's I call him a space cadet basically. Um, they actually Yeah, when somebody is just a flaky yeah, space they actually cadet, made, you know. Like a spin-off so called funny. the Patrick Star Show where Patrick and his family have their own show now. <laughs> oh geez. Does it have Sponge? No, does I it have? I, I don't know if SpongeBob will make an appearance, but for now, hmm. it's just Patrick and his fam. But that's, still, yeah, but still, that's like, weird. The theory of SpongeBob having autism—it really does make sense. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't. It's so funny you bring that up because honestly, I never even—it never even crossed my mind. Um, to think that, you know, didn't even, I didn't even connect Yeah, it, I thought he was really. just a very um, happy-go-lucky sponge who goofy. just goes to work yeah. and is just so lovable <laughs> that it annoys Squidward too much. It's too funny. Um, so the, um, so talking about how Autism Awareness Month, um, they're wanting to shift it, and this is something me and Rain were talking about as well. So, I don't know. Are they shifting it? I think they are. So, they're going to be shifting it to Autism Awareness Month to Autism Acceptance Month, which I don't understand because... Well, um, I think... You can't be acceptant of it if you're not aware of it. You need to be aware of it. for. We need to make awareness of it. I know. It. Maybe... Yeah, well, Does that make sense? maybe they can do both. Like, first awareness and then acceptance. Like that. Like, Yeah, because they're wanting to change well, it. Well, that's because, well, a lot of, some people, or not a lot, or just, let's just say a certain amount of people on the spectrum sometimes do get picked on for being on the spectrum. Like, people out there keep calling some of us like dumb um like we're never gonna make it in the real world um kind of like that and that's yeah. why you know some and of course some places discriminate against autism or not places but people some people discriminate against autism and are very unaccepting of it yeah and it's it's sad in the year 2022 that we would still have that out there um yeah but so the autism awareness month it's now you know they're changing it to autism acceptance month but it, it got it started in 1972 which i didn't even realize that long ago um, that's gee yeah it was before a couple years before i was born yeah so in 1970, the Autism Society launched an ongoing nationwide effort to promote autism awareness, okay, and uh, assure that all affected by autism are able to achieve the highest quality of life possible. So in 1972, the Autism Society launched the first annual National Autistic Children's Week, which involved evolved into the Autism Awareness Month, which is now Autism Acceptance Month. I, it's, 
I'm assuming they're changing into Autism Acceptance Month this year. But um, yeah, so it's basically almost, you know, been 50 years, which is kind of crazy because I really didn't know, you know, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have a lot of, we didn't have where you open your phone or whatever and even your computer back in those days and research is easily as we can today yeah most research um, is found in books back then yep we had to go to the library and open a thing called a card catalog um to find anything we didn't you couldn't go in and get on a computer and look up what section is this book in uh where are all your books on cats or whatever you know for example um you actually had to go Everything was by hand, you know, it was written all by hand in a card catalog system and doing school reports really sucked back then because it really sucked. It was a lot of work to do a, a report, you know, because in our English classes it was required, you know, that you had to have so many sources and this and that and now it's just like, boom, you know, now you can have internet sources and stuff. It's crazy. Um... But anyway, so, all right, so that's, yeah, so it's been out that long. I didn't realize that. Um, oh, it looks like last year, is that right? Proud to celebrate Autism Awareness Month. I guess it's, they started trying to change it last year in 2021. Um, yeah, this is the first time hearing of it, though. Um, and then World Autism Awareness Day was yesterday, April 2nd. So, um, you know, why don't you talk about some of the, um, cause you did go to, uh, Lily Academy for a little bit and, um, you know, you've been around people, you know, other kids on the spectrum, but you guys were by far the highest functioning at that school. Um, so what are some of the other, you know, do you remember any of the kids there? Well, yeah, some of them. At all? Um, basically, um, I think there was, um... I mean, they were pretty... Some of them were kind yeah, of severe. Some of them did have, I would well, say. um, emotional troubles. Right, well, it's emotional regulation, which is an issue in... And, and on the spectrum is regulating emotions. Um, some have to go, have to be on mood stabilizers, which is a medication. Yeah. And um, of course, one of them usually, also had yeah. to eat stuff that was gluten-free, which is highly understandable. Yes. Celiac, uh, sense, I don't know if it's called celiac disease. It's sensitivity to, to wheat. Um, yeah. Um, so a lot of people on the spectrum and with AD, ADD or ADHD, um, they try to regulate, uh, certain things on their diet because it, it seems to help, um, which never, I never saw any issues or, you know, any differences with you guys. Um, I know with rain, we tried the gluten-free for a few weeks and it didn't do anything. So, I feel like we tried it together. All of us did. I just kind of switched stuff out for a I few weeks. I didn't even notice, and I don't even remember. 
I think we did. Yeah, yeah, because I there's like um they made spaghetti that was, you know, made with it's spaghetti, but it's instead of made with wheat, it's made with uh rice. You know, things like that. So it's it's um you're just pulling that wheat yeah, out, like, you know, to like the um, pasta you need yeah. like almost like a floury substance but yeah instead of like wheat or something yeah it's like rice, rice flour. flour yeah literally yep they use rice flour i forget what other ones there's a uh, uh veggie pastas as well where they can use lentil beans i don't like those ones though they're too firm you know but um but yeah so i switched you know, it was simple switches, and we didn't go too crazy, but I kind of wanted to see if it would help, because I know me and Kaylee were talking about it. Um, it didn't do crap for you guys, <laughs> so sad to say. Um, and also for autism, um, mainly for ADD, would be artificial colors and dyes. Well, I, I do I remember this one kid in my class... Um, Basically, mm -hmm. he said that he couldn't eat anything that was colored blue, like with blue food coloring. Like, you know, like anything. Oh, Otherwise, he might get a bit hyper. So, sometimes we had to Wow, avoid. usually it's so the usually red one. Whenever we, like, That's share something, you know, like maybe like a pull apart or something, we had to make sure there was no blue on it. Or if we were sharing candy, wow. no blue on it because we knew it would make him hyper. So, we were just looking out. Wow, I thought it was, I thought it was red, but it, I, I, I guess, don't know, maybe yeah, it differs. I guess it, it kind of differs, like green or red or yellow. I don't know. I don't know. Huh. I wonder if they tested for that or if they just kind of, if the parents kind of um, experimented to find out I exactly, so. you know, which colors, which dyes were, were affecting him. Huh. Hey, on YouTube, I've seen this woman eat only pink food. I know it's that might be a mental that might be that might be um not a mental disorder um uh, I don't know if it would be OCD no not OCD um I don't know that's addiction to I, pink I stuff mean, I don't know I don't know <laughs> she absolutely loves pink I mean I don't know what else to call it hmm yeah, maybe she just does the pink food because maybe, she likes pink. Let's just call it a pure passion. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, there was so much um, pink in that so what, video. Like, I felt like I was going to barf. I mean, no offense. <laughs> That's hilarious. Rain wants to, to do her hair, uh, to do their hair pink. Like a pink fade or an ombre or something, which I think would be pretty cool. Did you see the um the fade? The what? Did you see that? Did you see the fade? Uh, the haircut? Yeah, she. That ring got. Yeah, they. Pretty they cool. Showed me. Somewhere in a photo, I think. Yeah. I'll have to send you the the one that just got Saturday, but yeah, rocking that fade. Anyway, speaking of hair and pink, um, so yeah, so autism acceptance yeah, month my, now. My hair. Believe it or not, I get it from my great grandmother. Like my, which would be Garnet. which? Oh Her yeah, okay. Garnet. And when my mama took a good look at my hair when I was baking my great great grandmother's sugar cookie recipe that was passed down, turns out she took one good look mm -hmm. at it and said, 
Oh yeah, you actually do have your great grandmother's hair. Oh, that's interesting. At least I know where I get it from now. Yeah, well, uh, the three of us, because Rain, neither of you have my hair. I mean, you, it's I have some thin, you know, because my hair is baby fine, and so is Mammal's. Um, Mammal's always had more hair than me. But um, if she, if she didn't get it permed like that, it would be straight and absolute. It would be just like my hair, pin straight. So um, that's why she gets the perms yeah, all the so time. Like that's funny, to, huh? Autism Awareness Month. Yeah. So what um, we were talking about, just you know, autism traits and stuff. Anything. That's what we're going to be talking about this month. Um, you know, in the next few episodes. Uh, being in April and um, so what do you you know what what did you want to bring up I know because I had asked you what you wanted to talk about well, this episode and you were talking about um, what independency well, or being proud um, yeah of who you are you know like I know sometimes being on the spectrum may feel like it could be hard or sometimes some people may think it's, you know, mental retardation. Like, some people may think we're dumb. But no, we have a secret intelligence buried within our brains. <laughs> and when triggered correctly, it can really come out. It can really come out. Like, <laughs> like for my message to everybody out there who's on the spectrum, be proud of who you are. Don't let all those haters say, oh, you're you're just a dum-dum. No. They are the dum-dum, not us. Because we have a secret <laughs> intelligence and they are just jelly. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, some some people, like, well, like you, you can hyper-focus on stuff. Um some people on the spectrum like rain have a lot of issues like issues being able to concentrate but i think that their add really overshadows a lot so with rain you've got autism add uh cptsd i can't even imagine having all that and then you're going to add on lgbtq you know gender well we got body dysphoria possible gender dysphoria what does dysphoria um, mean dysphoria is uh let's see i'm gonna give you the exact i'll give you the exact definition dysphoria it can mean um and i'm like happily um well it's it's a state of unease or generalized dissatisfaction with oh, life. Oh, okay. So if you have, yeah. So gender dysphoria is basically, um, let's see, clinically distressed, impaired. Uh, it may, yeah. So that's basically, uh, I think that's what transgender are diagnosed with. Uh, it may include the desire to change primary and or secondary sex characteristics. Not all, oh, this is interesting, not all transgender or gender diverse people experience dysphoria. Oh. Okay, so not all. 
Um, so I guess that can, um, so on, so body dysphoria. So if dysphoria is a dissatisfaction, what do you think body dysphoria is? You have issues with your body, yeah. right? Your appearance. Um, it's in a mental illness involving obsessive focus on a perceived flaw in your appearance. The flaw may be minor or even imagined. So I've known, um, I've seen stories on bodybuilders that look fantastic and they have body dysphoria. But doesn't that also um, lead to anorexia? Which is like an obsession with being Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so the body dysphoria can end up either way. You can end up, like I said, I've, I've seen bodybuilders have body dysphoria. So instead of starving themselves, instead of going, you can go anorexia, you know, you can be like, okay, I'm, you know, the body dysphoria is I'm overweight. I'm fat. I'm not, I don't, you know, look like society perceives women should like blah, blah, blah. Anorexic, you know, you, you stop eating, you know, and that, but that turns into, um, that turns into that disease. But then, like I said, with the other dysphoria and bodybuilders, they look fantastic. You know, they're, they're built and they're healthy body wise. Um, but they don't perceive themselves as being healthy, but that dysphoria with bodybuilders can go too far. Um, they can start using, you know, they can use, um, yeah, they can start, you know, yeah. So they, they're, you know, the body dysphoria, they're not big enough. Their muscles aren't, um, you know, um, the physique yeah, just I'm, isn't. I'm, I'm lifting weights right perfect. now. And I prefer to build strength into my arms the natural way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we don't need big muscles yeah, anyway. Um, for women, you would have yeah, to do steroids. Yeah, I just need simple strength while but. learning martial arts for my arms. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, so... Yeah, so it can go in, in body dysmorphia can go in, in several different ways. Um, but definitely either eating disorders, it can go into, you know, drug use, overeating, several different branches of that. So, um, but like we talked on one of our episodes about secondary or other diagnosis, you know, because we talked about autism is never a diagnosis by itself they come with other things like add um ocd uh um uh what is that that um well the we it's the reading disorder um dyslexia wow that just totally i lost that um things like that so uh you know it's 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 a mental health issue and I think, you know, uh, being autistic, I, th I think a lot of people on the spectrum are going to come across some form of mental health uh, issues, anxiety and depression because of the fact that society expects, you know, the way TV commercials, movies, just all these different things in society that expect you to be a certain yeah, way. Plus have you and ever that's heard with of anybody. what um, Sia did with that mini autism movie she did? 
Think, no. You know, you know who I'm, I miss you know that. Who Sia is, right? Like S A no S I A. Yeah, she well, does I the um She did Chandelier song, mm, right? I don't know. Oh. Uh, but let's just say she once did an autism movie, I think it was like a year back or so, and it turned out to be really, oh. really offensive because of the way they were portraying autism like that. Like it was like, and she doesn't oh. even have autism, yet she agreed to do the acting anyway. Yeah. I Yeah, you need, a, you need an autistic actor yeah, she, to do that. Yeah, she actually got under a bit of fire for that. Huh. Um, if you haven't already, I don't, we would probably have to buy it, because I don't think it's on any of the streaming apps. Well, I um, think it's only a, a mini-movie. Temple, well, oh. no, I'm talking about the, um... Yeah, I was trying to talk about um, my brain. I'm telling you, my brain is mush today. It's cold, it's rainy, and my allergies are... That's why I'm sniffling, so I apologize for all that. Um, it's about. It's the movie about Temple Grandin. Who's that? And um, you know who Temple Grandin is. Don't say that on an autism show, who's Temple Grandin. Yeah, well, I, I live <laughs> under a rock. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you need to do some... We need to do some research... Um, Temple Grandin is very well known in the autistic community because she was very, uh, very low functioning at when she, you know, it, she was nonverbal. Um, it, it was, it, you've got to see the movie. I'll, yeah, I'll see I, if I, I can, um, for not knowing, I mean, I just never heard of this before because I, like I said, well, I probably I've live under a rock too much. I've, I've talked about her. Um, I've talked about her. Um, and I've got books on her and I've actually got a book that she signed when she came to Fort Myers. Um, you guys were, I don't, you guys were too young at this point, uh, to take you along. Um, but anyway, so she is an advocate, basically. She's autistic. Um, she, it's, uh, because of the love and the persistence of her mother, her, their parents got divorced because the father didn't want to deal with it, which we know the statistics are very high. Father sounds like a jerk. Uh, uh, marriage uh, divorce rates are very high with in families with autistic kids. Yes. So, so she raised, Temple's mom raised her on her own. And Temple's mom worked with her teaching her to read or, you know, teaching her to talk because she was nonverbal, spent a lot of time with her. The doctor wanted to send her to a mental institution because that's what they did back then. I believe this is in the fifties and sixties in the fifties when she grew up. Um, so she actually went to college and it, the movie is amazing though. But definitely, I think what we need to do is, um, have you watch it and I need to watch it again. Um, I will find a copy and see where I can find a copy of it. And we can have, you know, we can talk about it this month for Autism Acceptance Month. Um, but she has become such an advocate because she actually has, I want to say she has two PhDs. I might be wrong. But she has a PhD, um, I think in animal science or something. Don't quote me. I am not positive. I'd have to look it up. But to go from nonverbal and struggling to 
having a PhD degree and actually being a professor at a university and teaches others, but she's also a huge autism advocate. Actually, you know what, uh, mm -hmm. Fox? I will send you her TED Talk, okay? And you can watch the okay. TED Talk. Um, it's it's not, you know, it's a little bit of her story, but she does a TED Talk. So if, if any of you listening have, you guys have to know TED Talks. They're amazing. You can learn anything in TED Talks. Sounds, so there's always, awesome. oh, she's like amazing. An absolute hero story. She's, Plus, yep. I, She's yeah, my hero. Plus, you also <laughs> got to give at least a little bit of credit to her mother as well to also kind of be like, you know, like help her to oh, get to big where she time. is now. Like, yeah. that's, like, that's amazing parenting right there. Amazing. Yep, yep. <laughs> Wait till you see. So, you know, I'll let you see the TED Talk. And then, um, like I said, I will find a copy of the movie somehow um, to rent probably on HBO Max or something. I don't know. Um, and then you can watch that and that'll explain her story. Um, Claire Danes does, plays Temple Grandin and does a fantastic job. And I think, um, hold on, let me see here real quick. On, um, Yeah, so um, I was trying to see, but yeah, so they picked Claire Dane. Claire Dane's actually worked with Temple Grandin, got to know her, and worked with her on the set on getting it right, you know, because she is she is neurotypical, um, the actress that plays Temple Grandin, but it's amazing, absolutely amazing, um, and I think. I think I found Temple Grandin through TED Talks. I'm not, I'm not positive. Um, but yeah, so, and she used to not be able to speak. I mean, it's amazing how far she's come. And she, TED Talks are you get on a stage and you talk to people. You know, it's, it's public speaking. I, you know, that's huge for even a neurotypical person to do. You know, I would love to get up and do a TED Talk on Graves disease. And the story that I went through. And then I can, you know, TED Talk on raising, you know, two autistic kids as a single mom. There's so many things that you could do. So, but anyway. So I think, okay, so we're, we're good on time. I think we're going to close this episode, but we're going to, we're going to obviously follow these up because we're going to have at least three more episodes during autism. It says Autism Awareness Month. But it's now we're switching into Autism Acceptance Month. Um, so, yeah. So, I'm going to have Fox dive into Temple Grandin. I think we should celebrate Temple Grandin. And, because um, honestly, if it wasn't for her, you know, there would be, you know, because you look at her story and where she came from and, and how severe she was as a kid and you're like, and she's got a PhD and she's a professor now. I mean, you know, she's older, but it just blows your mind. She was nonverbal. It's it's amazing um, how far she's come. So, um, but anyway, anything else that you want to add to this episode before we, you know. Well, 
kind of shut down for the the well, evening. Just kind of like a good night message to everyone listening right now. When people okay. doubt you just because you know you're on the spectrum and they think you know you're not gonna make it in the world, well, just stay strong. You gotta stay proud of who you are. You gotta work hard, and I know. Like the road ahead may be long and such, but you'll get there. And if you continue like believing in yourself, then there'll always be light at the end of the tunnel. Well said. Yes. <laughs> Pretty much. Cool. All right. So thanks for joining us. And I'm glad to be back. I'm about ready to fall asleep. I'm so exhausted, but. Um, I definitely wanted to make it in, especially for this month, um, for Autism Awareness Month slash Autism Acceptance Month. Now I'm going to keep saying that. Um, okay. And we'll be back. Uh, we're going to do episode 12. We're going to really, you know, again, this is kind of a perfect time that Temple Grandin has come up and, uh, it is kind of fun doing, you know, having Fox kind of delve into this as somebody you know, is a new person to her and her not knowing a lot about Temple Grandin. So, and she can share things. So, okay. Um, thanks for listening and join us next week. See ya. Hey, thanks for listening to Aspie Girl Gab. If you would like to follow us on social media, you can find Fox at chy. T-H-E-F-O-X, Shy the Fox, at Instagram. We are also up on Facebook, Aspie Girl Gab. We have a page over there. Um, and we will have other links um, on our Facebook page and such that you can follow us. Thanks for listening.